Welcome to Making Your Miles Count Production, an educational program to all Canadian lease owner-operators with your host, Robert Scaper. All right, Chapter 7, Choosing Your Personal Tax Plan. Uh, there's, there's a fair bit of uh, um, things that shift around when a person uh, is looking to do long-term tax planning and short-term tax planning, uh, wealth building and the like. In 1996, I did an, in, uh, a, an informal survey on the independent operator industry, and I found that 35% of the uh, independent operators actually had uh, was, were living paycheck to paycheck. They had no reserves. They had no savings or anything like that. And that was in 1996. I do not think things have gotten any better mm -mm. Um, uh, since then. Uh, I probably would say the numbers are much higher. That is really, really unfortunate because when people don't have any kind of reserves, they can't make solid long-term choices and decisions. They're just very knee-jerk reaction, very short-term. As soon as people make short-term decisions, that's when people lose huge margins somewhere. I want to talk a little bit about depreciation because some people don't fully understand depreciation. And uh, probably one of the best ways to understand a concept uh, is you use an extreme example uh, and that actually occurred. I know a guy, this was a number several decades ago, bought a highway tractor for $120,000, um, which was pricey at the time, but so that's obviously a number of years ago. And he had a paid for house. He made an arrangement with the bank that uh, payments on this brand new truck would only be, I think it was uh, 830 or $850 a month on a brand new uh, uh, truck, a loan of $120,000. And uh, so he started driving. And uh, for the first number of years, I mean, his tax situation was fairly normal because he, uh, he had depreciation on the truck. Uh, we were, I guess, five or six years into it. And the value, the book value of that truck was somewhere around $20,000. The market value was maybe twenty-five, dollars $30,000, mm -hmm. something like that. But the loan that he had on the bank was about, I think, memory, ninety-five to somewhere, ninety-five to 105000 It hardly paid anything off on it at all. And uh, then it came to the point of time he, he wanted to sell the truck. Well... He was upside down on it considerably. And that happened over a, a long period of time. And the exaggeration came from basically what he was doing is if the average truck payment at the time was, say, $2,500, um, he was pocketing $1,500 uh, a month without any repercussions on it because he was depreciating the truck. And he was able to take that $1,500 and just live off of it. So he was living off of his deferred um, taxes on it. And uh, it's kind of hard to explain to somebody when they're, they, they owe more money than what the truck is worth and how do they get into that situation. Mm -hmm. He wasn't thinking ahead. Um, in this pr particular situation, the, the individual was actually bright enough. He knew what he had done. Uh, he, he had it easy for five or six years and now he had to flip everything around and start working to, to recoup what he did. But uh, in, in various circumstances, 
people can get into that same situation if they're not careful. Uh, because the, the key is not to reduce your payments if you're in debt. But the key is to get out of debt. That's a major, major uh, uh, issue. Capital cost allowance is the term that Canada Revenue Agency uses for the word uh, uh, depreciation. Uh, a truck, $120,000, five years later, is not worth $120,000. It's worth $20,000, something like that. But... Canada Revenue Agency allows us a certain amount of percentage per year, whether it's 30 or 40 percent, depending, and you can depreciate that. Canada Revenue Agency understands that that 30 or 40 percent is just an estimate. It really doesn't make that much of a difference to them as long as you follow their, the rules on it. It doesn't matter how accurate that is because they know in the end they're going to get every dime of taxes that are available. Like it, they're going to get their taxes no matter what, because at some point in time, you're going to sell the truck. And even if you sell the truck and then rebuy another again, and you can still keep, keep deferring it and stuff, keep going like that. Sooner or later, you're going to sell the truck and get out of the industry because sooner or later, people are going to pass away. And uh, at that time, everything will come down to the exact penny, what exactly, uh, is the true depreciation in a vehicle. That's the situation. We're not hiding anything from CRA or anything like that. And uh, it's just that people have to understand the difference between what a book value of a truck is and what the market value is. One of the most wildest experiences in the trucking industry came in the summer fall of 2022 when people were offered huge amounts of cash for uh, basically um, operating trucks. I had, had one client bought a brand new truck, $150,000 in uh, 2019. He drove it for a year and a half and he sold it for $180,000. He had recapture. He actually had capital gains in a situ situation like that. So he, he actually sold it for more than what he bought it for. And yet he was depreciating it for right. the first year, year and a half in that, in, in that road. That situation, um, my client did the perfect thing. Sell at a high price, get out of the industry, go home, I don't know, play video games. It doesn't make any difference. Just wait it out because you, you sold it at the peak time. Yep. And uh, he pocketed uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Did he pay taxes? Absolutely, he paid taxes. But uh, taxes are not the end of the world. He got, he right. was uh, uh, um, way far ahead yeah, in that situation. But let's think about what happens to the individual who purchased that truck for $180,000. First of all, the, the hyper price of the trucks uh, basically started somewhere in uh, February, March of 2022, yep. somewhere in there. It yep. started really climbing. Uh, because the freight rates became obscene between basically January and May of 2022, and uh, guys were were hauling for you know four, six, ten, sixteen dollars an hour or sixteen dollars a mile, just insane margins uh, that that was occurring, and um, and that was one of the reasons why everybody said if we could just get a truck, we could make even more money. So the the word got out there, you buy anything that anybody was selling. 
Well, one of the reasons was you couldn't buy a new truck. Yeah, there was, there, the there was a year yeah, to two-year waiting period to buy a new truck. Yeah. So they wanted to upgrade, and now they had to pay the price. Or get the volume up there yeah. and make the, make the money yeah. while the, the sun shines or whatever, the, <laughs> whatever it was. So mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a beautiful, perfect storm for freight yeah. rates, and the used truck market it was, it, it was absolutely amazing. Somewhere around June, July, the, the freight rates started coming down. Uh, significantly and uh, they were still buying pretty high the word yeah. was out there they thought that the freight rates coming down was just a blip and it was going to come back up again or whatever but there was still orders out there were just still trying to do it maybe it had to do with they couldn't get anything else or, yeah. or or whatever but but the word was still out there now the the high paying uh, trucks were or high value trucks used trucks went September, October, and November started really coming down, yep. and basically December it was back, basically back to normal because freight rates basically, uh, yeah. um, apparently, just went went down in that uh, in that field. Now consider the individual who bought that truck from my client for 180 grand, and he bought it. I think it was in September, August or September. So they buy something for 180 grand. And it was a, already at that point a, t- a year and a half, two-year-old truck almost. And uh, what's going to happen to the valuation of that truck like right now or, or in a year or two from now? That $180,000 August purchase by August of next year, maybe $100,000. $100, so it dropped $80,000 in Easy. one year. Yeah somebody was not thinking long term no and there's going to be some people hurting 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 uh, one guy uh, my my client fabulous for him he he made off uh, he, he did exceptionally well but there are some people who are really really uh hurting and that's an example of short term thinking where you can get yourself into a real tight si- situation and uh, you have to have a long-term uh, tax plan, long-term wealth-building plan that you're not knee-jerk reactioning to a, to a lot of factors in there. So very critical to think long-term. On our website, I also have uh, a leasing versus own video. I don't know if you've ever watched it or so. You've never watched the uh, lease, lease versus own? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? It's very, very helpful for individuals to know the difference between should I own a truck or should I lease a truck makes an amazing amount of difference it, maybe I'll, I'll I'll tell the story that I tell in that video if you're gonna lease a truck or own a truck watch that before you make that choice and decision but uh, I had a client who um, who put uh, $30,000 down on a brand new truck and him and his wife started driving it and uh, they they drove for six months and then, and it was a lease. And then the truck got into an accident, was written off. The carrier that they were on, um, actually the insurance company contacted the carrier and between the carrier and the insurance company, or, or, the, or sorry, I'm getting this wrong. The insurance company and the financing company or the leasing company, they negotiated a uh, 
uh, what the value of that truck was. In the end, the client had to pay $10,000 to get out of there, to get it out of that. Uh, and they drove it for six they months. They drove it for six months, made $3,500 wow. a month payments. So if you add up the $30,000 $30, that they put down on it. So they lost that too. They lost the $30,000. They lost the $3,500 a month payments for six months. And they lost $10,000 in the end. In the end, they rented that truck for ten thousand, almost $10,000 per month. Wow. That is outrageous. And realistically, the reason why um, uh, that occurred is that... Uh, that the owner was the financing company and they didn't okay. have any communication. They didn't have any input as to what the value is. See, that's still, if I can interject, uh, that still happens today. They, yep. They're trying to sell a truck, but they can't get finances. So the, the owner will finance the truck. Oh. And, but the, the person that that's, wants to buy the truck or lease the truck from the owner doesn't do his homework on the value of the truck mm. only what on what he's saying and this is an opportunity to get in um i have a friend that uh acquaintance i should say more uh that did that just recently mm. and i i tried to talk him out of it he wanted to become an owner operator and so he found this truck that he really liked and the bank wouldn't give him the money to buy the truck so his boss bought the truck and now he's making payments to the boss. And he way overpaid for the truck. Sure. And it's an old truck. So if everything goes well, he'll do fine. But if he writes that truck off within the next two years, yeah. he's in bad shape. And I, and I talk a little bit about there. There is insurance that you can buy. They call it uh, uh, buy down insurance, uh, uh, down payment insurance. There's a whole bunch of different words. Can you for buy it. that for trucks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's generally uh, uh, only available for brand new trucks. Okay. Not for not for used trucks. I call that insurance. Uh, um, we screwed you so bad. We want to make sure that we get our money uh, insurance. That's mm -hmm. what I call it. It's really it's a it's something that's really bad. When you give up uh, uh, ownership, and and you're you're leasing it rather than owning it, and you give up that ownership, um, you lose control of your own future finances mm -hmm. and leasing uh is a, is a very expensive uh, uh route to go listen to that uh, uh that video hopefully it'll be an extremely helpful and i'm trying to help as many people as possible if for whatever reason you can't finance first of all seriously question why you're doing it uh, are you just enamored by a truck are you just uh, are you, are you just got so much romance of of being an independent operator that 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 you know, you'll do anything you'll sign anything to do it? Uh, that is not a long term thinking. That's no. only short term thinking. And uh, want to say people, it's much better to uh, just be a company driver and wait until you have the cash to do something uh, before you uh, before you tie up you know two five sometimes ten years of your life. Yep. Uh, trying to get out of uh, out of a hole that you dug for yourself. It's, I watched uh, owner operators when the company that I drove for, they had no owner operators. But when the owner operators came, I know some of them tried to get me to get in and buy my own. Mm -hmm. And I, and I wasn't really interested in the beginning. Um, I was interested in in owning my own truck, mm -hmm. but I wanted to first see what it what it was like. And so I watched these guys that bought trucks, and then I watched them buy new pickups. 
And oh, I watched yeah. them buy oh. new houses. <laughs> Their whole lifestyle changed, and I thought, there's a lot of money in being an owner-operator. Yeah. But I watched these guys for three years. They bought trucks for, they were 120000 back then. Mm-hmm. or It started with ninety-two. Uh, you could buy a brand new truck and a nice truck. But I bought one about three or four years later, my very first truck. But I paid $20,000 for my truck, yeah. my first truck. And so I paid it off in less than a year. Now I could run for cash. And I ran that one for three years. And then I, I bought another used truck, which was a year old. And I bought it for $25,000 less than a new one. And uh, so... But I was watching these guys and then the taxes and it, uh, it all looks very glamorous and there is good money, but you there, can really get trapped in a hurry. Yeah. It, it takes about two to two and a half years before some of the maintenance bills, regular yeah. maintenance bills like yeah. tires or whatever start coming in. And the guys who within the first year, you know, they go out and they buy a new half ton and yeah. they uh, buy a new bass boat, whatever it is, yeah. and they yeah. get into wild debt. Mm-hmm. Um, at the two to two and a half, sometimes three-year mark, uh, then you see some suffering. Well, where did your big half ton go? Well, I yeah. couldn't keep up. I had to. And then, oh, look, this is a terrible truck. And they start blaming the truck that, you know, yep. it breaks down or something uh, when it's just regular maintenance yep. or something like that. And uh, they, they blame everything except for the position that they put themselves in. Having the long-term effect, you have to be committed long-term. Is there good money in being an independent operator? Absolutely. you got some guys doing extremely well. But uh, you have to be humble to start off with. Yep. And, you know, it's not all, you know, chrome and glitz and glamour right from day one. You, you... I had a number of guys ask me, because you don't know who's watching you. Yeah. Uh, as I was watching those guys, other guys were watching me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I came out of the office one day and, and uh, one of the guys uh, says, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, uh, how come you're driving this old pickup <laughs> and you're not buying a new truck and you're still living in the same house you lived in? What are you doing different? I said, we're trying to put money away, not yeah, blow not, it. Not blow it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know the lifestyle. You do make more money as, as an owner operator. Absolutely. You yeah. do. You have more write-offs uh, than you do just as a company driver. But you also have to be very cognizant of the I- industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I know when I w- dro- went from a company truck to dr- my own truck, before we filled out what we call a bitch list, uh, we we just write down and hand it in with our paperwork yeah. and it, the shop fi- fixes the truck. Yeah. But when I bought my own truck, that was the hardest for me is I have to, if I don't tell them what to fix, yeah. then it's not going to get done or I do it myself. And now you're entering in a whole different. Yeah, you, there's, uh, you're actually responsible for what's yeah. actually getting what, you, and you can prioritize it and yeah. and uh, know what you what you do and what you don't. There is, uh, and we talked a little bit about this in a different session too. But it's very for long term tax planning. We have to understand the ups and downs and and flows. Like 2022 is an uh, obscene uh, used truck market uh, mm-hmm. uh, industry. Probably we may never see that ever again. Uh, in there, but in 1994, when we went from mechanical to electrical, um, the new trucks actually became actually valuable, much more so than the, the than the used trucks. And that's, in my opinion, that's what technology should uh, do uh, uh, to any industry: is uh, make the newer stuff more valuable yep. because you got a mile, mile and a half to gallon 
more uh, 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 better with with uh, with electrical. But then in anywhere like I said 2001 to 2005 when the pollution control stuff started coming in um, that it did the exact opposite the technology made the newer trucks less valuable yep. and uh, the the uh, the depreciation actually um, nobody wanted the new trucks after two three five years yep. because everybody knew that all the headaches that were starting to happen with these things in 2014 um, I went to Truck World in, uh, in Toronto, and uh, I handed out CDs for our, our firm and the like. And uh, I did a very, very quick survey on 1,050. I know it's 1,050 because that's how many CDs we hand, handed out. And, and we asked one, one basic question, do you have pollution control on your, on your truck? Emission stuff. Uh, and so um, I think it was about 70 or 80% of them said no. A very small percentage says not anymore. (laughs) So that means they deleted it. But uh, the vast majority of them says no, they have older trucks. And independent operators, good, solid, business-minded independent operators uh, didn't trust the new technology. And and rightfully so. uh, They made a great call there. They they let the companies uh, experiment with the new technology to find out what what would affect well the first effect was or one of the major effect not just the the higher maintenance but their fuel economy went down and uh the cost per mile well uh, why would you buy a brand new truck and get worse fuel economy Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's why uh, they they backed off on it so we have to be uh very sensitive as to as to what creates value and what doesn't create now whatever, 18, 19, um, uh, 2018-19, things you get better fuel economy back again, so it, it's, it's reversed it a bit, but the prices are just through the roof. And, uh, and what exactly you, you, can, uh, you can buy for a reasonable amount. Realistically, um, if you want to buy a $180,000, $200,000 truck, cents per mile, uh, the twenty thousand dollar truck gets the same sense per month, mm-hmm. and uh, and you have to balance that out. And uh, if you're not at all a mechanic and never want to be or, or anything like that, maybe the industry isn't uh, like the independent operator industry isn't what you should be looking into. It's yeah. much better just to be a driver than uh, and like. See, so you have to have some mechanical sense or. You have to have a very good relationship with a mechanic who can help you, and uh, uh, and and you really really trust. That's a that's a huge factor. Uh, learn, uh, learn yeah. things. Learning how go to go on YouTube, find, figure. Like even that's one, that's one thing. The, the YouTube has has changed how we learn things yeah. and make make people much more independent. Yeah. I mean, when we were young, I mean, what? We had World Book Encyclopedias we had to page yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, my grandchildren learn way faster than I ever did yeah. 35 years ago, that's for sure. But, but even doing your own oil changes and grease jobs, just that, the money you save, on, like they're, they're, they charge you like $100 now yeah. to grease your truck or more. Uh, they'll charge you an hour. Yeah. So if the rate is $100 an hour, that's what they'll charge you is $100 plus. Yeah. Um, if you do it yourself, uh, it's like it's like driving half a day. 
It's it's you're, it's, you're making or 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 a day. It's sometimes. eight dollars for a tube of grease or less. Yeah, and four, not four dollars. It, it's not just that which is fabulous. I mean, a hundred dollars saved is is a hundred dollars earned. Correct. Uh, or more than a hundred dollars uh, worth of work that you have to generate. But go, going underneath and greasing it, you actually see yep. the engine too, and you yep. see what's going on, and yep. you see, oh wait a minute, this this doesn't quite look right, or something like that. Um, you you catch things beforehand and and even doing your own oil changes um i do every three months uh you you uh send s samples se oil samples yeah. and you send those in so they and then they send you back on exactly what's in your oil if all of a sudden you're starting to get antifreeze in the oil or you're or you're getting shavings in the oil you can say, wait a minute I, yeah. i'm i'm developing a problem yeah. and so you can do a pre pre maintenance uh repair I just talked to somebody uh, recently. Um, he wrecked his motor. Mm. I mean, he really, really wrecked his motor. Uh, the, he wrecked the crankshaft, everything, which normally no doesn't happen. Yeah. But for two weeks, he told the mechanic, there's an issue. I'm losing antifreeze, and I don't know where it's going. And, and then he, the, the one cylinder went. He spun a bearing because of antifreeze in the oil. And, uh, so, and I told the mechanic, I said, he told you two weeks ago already yeah. that he's losing antifreeze and you just shrugged it off and he said well we didn't know where it was going i said it doesn't matter you <laughs> check it yeah and uh, so they ended up instead of it, it being just a simple eight thousand dollar fix it yeah. turned out to sixty five thousand yeah yeah that's so, uh, preventative maintenance is uh, and, is and knowing a little bit about things like that is so crucial especially today when everything is so expensive yeah I agree. Maintenance is a is a huge issue, especially with, of course, with the, with used trucks. Uh, that's that's it. But it, you all have to s uh, see the big picture and where you're headed. Nobody does it per perfectly. Like uh, no. to to go from A to B uh, uh, in wealth, it's never a straight line. <laughs> it's yeah. it's always zig and zag. But you're heading in the same direction. You course correct. You course correct. Uh, the people who learn to course correct are the ones who end up getting uh, getting what uh, what they actually desire and want. Thanks for stopping by Making Your Miles Count. For further Making Your Miles Count productions, call us at 877-987-9787 or download us at makingyourmilescount.com.